You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and David's Pick. And as most of you know, um, or some of you know, maybe nobody knows, but I, it's called David's Pick because I get to pick who I have and uh, who I have on the show, when we do it, and so forth and so on. And today we have, it's very interesting, and I... I particularly ask. I went to a meeting where uh, Rick was at, uh, called the Johns Creek Vietnam Veterans Association. Well, actually, it's Johns Creek Veterans Association. Veterans. Okay, no Vietnam, just veterans. Correct. Okay, maybe that's why they'll let me sneak back in. My problem with with uh, with it is that you all meet on Wednesday, and uh, I go to church on Wednesday night at the same time, and uh, we have a very unique church in Johns Creek that does communion on Wednesday night. So. I take my weekly break and and uh, can't be. I don't. A lot of people say I have a split personality. I just don't have a split body. So you got the same problem I do. I also have a men's Bible study on Wednesday night. So the John Street Veterans Association meets at uh, Newtown Park from six uh, till eight. And my Bible study starts at seven. So I normally go in there and do the best I can for about an hour once a month and then off to Bible study but uh, I hate to, hate to miss either one yeah as that, that happened last night as a matter of fact it did so, so uh, <laughs> I, got, I got to go to both but uh, had to run one short and get the other one late so uh, but it, but at least I made both of them that's good anyway we have Mr. Rick White here Colonel retired pardon Colonel retired Colonel retired and uh, you know I guess we well we talked about this uh, on the phone and and then uh, uh, Bob Moore and I've talked about it and uh, Bruce Cowie that wrote the the book uh, uh, Vietnam to Western Airlines um, and you know it's I, I'm just very thankful from a personal standpoint that the folks that are serving today are being respected almost back to World War II, not quite, but certainly more respect than Vietnam veterans, and I want to thank you for your service. I was uh, I was in the Army during Vietnam, but I didn't serve in Vietnam. And uh, uh, Anyway, so what Rick does, and we're going to go through it, we're going to dissect it from every side that we can today, because I find it very, very interesting, is that, well, why don't you just tell us what you do? And before I do that, David, uh, you just uh, touched on something that's very near and dear to my heart. And uh, you talked about the respect and the gratitude that's being expressed to service members today. And I spent 31 years in the Army, two years in the jungle in Vietnam, in the infantry. And uh, so, you know, you and I, we all lived through those times where we were... Uh, bad things happen to Vietnam veterans coming back and even trying to get apply for jobs and so forth. I personally didn't experience that quite as much because I stayed in the Army. So the reason I'm bringing this up, my son has been in the Army almost 20 years. Wow. He's got uh, 10 combat deployments to Iraq and Iraq. you all have OD green blood? He, he, Army Rangers, uh, is that what you're... Oh, 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 you mean... Oh, I see. Yeah, is he... Uh, I hadn't... I didn't push him to go in the military. That's what he wanted to do from the time he was five years old. Oh, that's great. So, uh, yeah, the day 
turned 17, he joined the Georgia National Guard as a senior at Chattahoochee High School and uh, then was selected to go to West Point. So he had 16 months as an enlisted man with the Georgia Guard and then off to West Point and commissioned, uh, graduated in commission in 2000. Shortly thereafter, of course, 9-11 happened. And uh, so my son, uh, Lieutenant Colonel now, Lieutenant Colonel Graham White, is um, almost 20 years in service, active duty, and has uh, 10 combat deployments to Iraq wow. and Afghanistan, 39 months in combat, leading Army Rangers. Uh, wounded very seriously in 2003, uh, excuse me, 2003 um, and, and recovered quite, quite well, by the way. And the reason I bring this up is my son and his generation of currently serving uh, servicemen and women give tremendous and almost all credit to Vietnam veterans because we as Vietnam veterans determined, starting back with Panama and the Gulf War, late 89 and in 91 with the Gulf War, we would not let our service people coming back be treated like we were. So the Vietnam service men and women across this nation almost not even as a concerted planned effort but as a conscious effort to make sure that the current serving men and women uh, are are given their due respect and and so my son he will tell you tell anybody that the, the gratitude and expression they get is due directly to what the Vietnam veterans did has done for them and continues to do and so I, mm. I just want to say that out to, to to my Vietnam veterans buddies uh, thank you for making it where this is uh, people are are honored and thanked and not that they're seeking it but they are, the gratitude uh, for their service is greatly appreciated you know the, like I said I was nothing and I'm embarrassed to say that but facts are facts but the only thing I had was my blue braid and uh, they knew enough to know that I was infantry and uh, the other side knew enough and, uh, you know, we couldn't wear our uniform through the airport. Right, And uh, yeah. we couldn't do anything. And if you – and they would get on you for just a damn haircut. Um, well, it's in my uh, in my opinion that uh, the people – the way the – you know, the North Vietnamese were seeing all this. As far as I'm concerned, there were more people killed because of the demonstrations in the anti-war movement. There are more people killed, North Vietnamese, South Vietnamese, American soldiers, and our allies, because of the war extension, because it gave uh, aid and comfort to the enemy. Oh, and, then, and so uh, anybody that thinks they were doing great things because of a peace movement, they caused more deaths, in my opinion, because it extended the war. It gave peace. I mean, it gave uh, uh, aid and comfort to the enemy, gave them encouragement, gave them a reason to keep fighting, gave them a reason to keep uh, killing, and... Um, and I don't back down from that. It's uh, and then they, there they was, did a disservice uh, to mankind. And then there was the bitch. But beyond that, oh yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> talk about her. No. But, uh, so let's let's talk about what you do now. I I, I find this fascinating. I think, uh, and and sadly, I hope that uh, not only will you be in today, but that. Uh, uh, you'll come back and be in two or three more times so that to. we can uh, continue to push this. Because, quite honestly, <laughs> I didn't know that it existed. And it's very young, and there's no reason for it. I mean, that's, don't be uh, embarrassed about not knowing about it. Uh, David, the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame was established in 2013. 
currently, uh, today across America, as far as we can determine, there's only about 11 states that have a have a, uh, a Hall of Fame for their veterans. Um, we heard about one in Arkansas, and we kind of cloned, if you'll use that word, cloned ourselves after Arkansas. North Carolina has now cloned themselves after us. Indiana has a similar and a very good Hall of Fame. So there's kind of spattering across the nation. Uh, currently, I'm working with the state of Oregon, and they may be able to establish one out there, um, and, and some other. In, in I think South Carolina, there's there's spattering across the nation. But we, uh, when I say we, the gentleman, the other fellow that started this was Colonel, a guy by the name of Colonel retired Paul Longrier, and Paul and I have known each other since 1966. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may recognize that name because he was one of 14 Americans that survived the Battle of Long Bay in uh, 6 and 7 February 1968. There were 24 Americans, uh, 14 lived. There were 24 Americans, there were 24 Purple Hearts. Uh, they were overrun by 16 NVA tanks and hundreds of NVA soldiers. So he was very uh, blessed to be, even be alive today. Um, so again, we I've known him since '66, and he uh, had a feeling that he uh, wanted to start something to honor veterans, and he contacted me uh, in February 9, uh, February 2013, and we tried to do the right thing, and so we got uh, a uh, approved by the Secretary Georgia Secretary of State uh, also in 2013, and the Georgia Senate. In twenty in, in March twenty thirteen, and uh, and the Georgia House of Representative in February twenty fifteen. So we're we're a legal entity. We are not tax supported. This is a five hundred one three c organization. Uh, we would refuse any tax money if it tried to give it. Not that they're looking to give us any tax money, but we totally are independent of the state of Georgia, except they provide us a location for the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is located in the Floyd Veterans Building, which is right across the street in the state capitol. So, uh, I, if you will, I'll just go right down the, and uh, kind of tell you about uh, Yeah, about I was going to ask uh, your website, and people could go to it while they're listening to you if exactly. they wanted to. Um, you want to give that to us? Sure. Uh, the website is um, www.gmvhof.org. I'll say that again. Website is www.gmvhof.org. Of course, GMVHOF stands for Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Um, so you can also, uh, I'm totally amenable to people uh, sending me emails or calls and so forth. And my email address is rickwhite4750 at gmail.com. I say again. Rick White 4750 at gmail.com. And we'll, we'll hit those again before the program's over in case people didn't have their pencil and paper ready. Um, so, again, we started this in 2013, and uh, the bylaws say, uh, the bylaws uh, that we um, incorporated, uh, that we can induct a grand total of 15 veterans per year, living or deceased. Um, and when we say living or deceased, people always do you have to be alive. And I say, no, you can nominate somebody that, back to the Revolutionary War if, if you knew of a, a history of a person like that. The um, Again, we induct 15 a year. 
Of those 15, 10 in the, are in the valor category, and the remaining five are in a combination of achievement and service, and I'll cover that here in just a moment. When we call it the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, we have to define what a Georgia veteran is. And, of course, a veteran is a, an individual that possesses a, an honorable, honorable discharge and has a DD-214. Uh, DD-214 didn't come along until 1947, so World War II uh, veterans, they have a discharge paper. So, of course, it serves the same purpose. Got mine in my desk. As there you go. <laughs> it's an important piece of paper. You need to keep your DD-214 uh, always handy. So the Georgia part of it, so, again, we've established what a veteran is, and that's Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marine Coast Guard. Anyone in the active and reserve components that served honorably and has a DD-214. That's a veteran. The Georgia part of veteran is one of these three things. The Georgia part is you are, the, you are either born in the state of Georgia or you've lived a total of 10 years in the state, cumulatively 10 years. Or you raised your right hand and took that solemn oath to defend this country in the state of Georgia. When you joined the military and you were in the state of Georgia, as far as we're concerned, that qualifies you as a Georgia veteran. So again, the three things are either born in the state, or you've lived in the state 10 years total, or uh, you raised your right hand and joined the military in this state. Um, so that qualifies as the Georgia veteran portion. Uh, well, let me ask. Uh, I know we had discussed a little bit of it, and you just mentioned it too. If someone has a family member or a friend or whoever they know might know about, how do they send it in to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you would go to that website that we talked about, and, and again, I'm going to say it again in case Mount Paper maybe have their paper and pencil lady. Again, www.gmvhof.org. If you go to that website, you can pull down the nomination forms. The nomination form is, is only two pages long. It's basically basic data. Um, so that form would also ask, once you fill that out, it would ask for a couple of things. One, a copy of the DD-214 to prove the fact that you are a veteran. Another thing would be an 8 by 10 photograph, uh, two copies. Uh, it can be color, black and white. We prefer of a picture of the, of the veteran in uniform back in the day. If you don't have that, that's okay. But it, we need a picture, the same, a copy of the same picture. Uh, that picture would would only be you in it, not not a group picture or anything like that. But you can be standing beside a helicopter or a tank or out in the woods or whatever, but it's just you. And hopefully uh, back in the day in uniform. Uh, we ask, and then a, the most important thing, really one of the most important things, is a cover letter. We look for a kind of tell the story of this veteran uh, in, in the cover letter. And uh, that basically is what the, the nomination form is. And then on that website, you would see where to mail that to Pine Mountain, Georgia, is our mailing address. Rick, I'm going to have to stop you here. we got to take a break. And we'll be back with Rick White talking about Georgia Military Hall of Fame. And uh, I just, I love it. We'll be back right after this. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not... You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. 
Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on America's Web Radio with Rick White from the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And um, it's a shame that you only take in 15 a year and can't take in 10 or 12 million a year. You know, uh, it's... I personally think that anybody that has strapped on the boots is a hero, is a is a Hall of Famer, and I and I I said I wouldn't ask, and I don't want to get really political, but at the same token, some of our politicians have no clue, and uh, I, I cringe at the thought of some of the decisions that have been made by congressmen and women that have never served they've they haven't picked up a shovel much less uh can you drive well there's the wheelbarrow um we all know that one um i just find it deplorable i think anybody that serves in congress and or is a leader should have had service i the one the greatest one of the greatest things that ever happened to me i was a spoiled brat and and uh, you become unspoiled brat when you get that big drill sergeant. And uh, David, uh, you, you mentioned something there, that, and I totally agree with you. And here's here's the point I think that veterans get, perhaps other that other people don't. When you enter one of our great five services, it's all about accomplishing the mission. It's not about your background, your anything about you. It's all about accomplishing the mission. So I don't care if, if I'm in the Navy and the other person's in the uh, Air Force and the other person's in the Army or whatever. We're all coming together to accomplish a mission. It's not like if I win, you lose, you win, I lose. That's not it at all. It's well, all there's about, one little football game that it's hard. Well, yeah, that, and that's friendly, good old, good old uh, brotherly love out there. But, but really, um, and, I, and I don't see that in politics. It's about if, if you win, then I'm losing. Uh, you know, even if it's a good idea, if you're for it, I must. I have to be against it because I'm on the other party. I, I can't get my head wrapped around that. It, to me, it's all about what's betterment for the country. That said, seems to me when you have 
people with a background in the military, it's all about what's the betterment of the fill-in-the-blank, the unit, the nation, your organization, whatever. What's the betterment of that? I see that even in corporate America. Uh, the veterans that have served and go into corporate world, uh, they're much more team and focused on accomplishing whatever that mission is as opposed to uh, me-focused. Uh, and so I just think it's 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 a it's a good way to uh, to get things done as opposed to just aggravating and mad at each other and arguing about things that uh, what's what's the best for the country well what i what i've seen and it's certainly different from the 60s but the military is the biggest fraternity in the world and uh whether it's man or woman sorority fraternity whatever you want to say but it's and uh, i was in a situation yesterday and uh we're very fortunate to in my opinion to have a an organization called USAA, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. it's almost like I, I was in this situation, and the guy said, "Well, I, I have USAA insurance," and yeah, you know, right then, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't help but thank him. And uh, uh, USAA is uh, I've been with them since I was 19 years old, uh, and <clears throat> a couple of years ago, our house burned down. Mm. And let me tell you, I, I should be a poster child for USAA. They just did, I mean, and we didn't take advantage or anything like that. I mean, anything other than what we were authorized. They couldn't have been nicer. I mean, they didn't question us. They didn't, they just came in, your house was destroyed. Uh, here's a temporary place for you to live at their expense, a furnished house while they built our house back. I mean, on and on and on. They couldn't have been nicer. So, again, it was run by veterans it is a veterans organization a veterans insurance company and they understand taking care of people and taking care of the mission as opposed to squeezing out every nickel they can uh, make you justify your existence Uh, i can't say enough good things about usaa i couldn't agree with you more they are the few times i've had to call on them just like you said they have been uh, I mean, no questions oh, yeah. asked. Exactly. The checks, yeah. not just in the mail, the check is there waiting on you almost. And I would tell you, and I think you'll back me up, if you are a veteran and you don't have USA insurance, by the way, USA is not paying us to say this. I'm just telling you from my heart. Yep. If, if, if you are a veteran and you don't have USA insurance, I would encourage you to compare what they do for you and your current insurance if it's not USAA. Uh, end of story. I'm just telling you. Uh, I've never heard a bad story about USA. Perhaps there's one out there. I just never heard one. I've just never heard one. Uh, we had a situation. My my wife had a wreck, and uh, it, it was the other lady's fault. But both of us had USAA, mm-hmm. and uh, that'll make them toss the coin right quick. But uh, no, you know, no, they, they're just nice people. Oh yeah, they they're are very nice people. Uh, yeah. So yes, I totally endorse USAA, and if you're a veteran. And don't have it, and it, and you really don't even have to be a veteran. If your father was in the service or mm-hmm. a relative is in the service, uh, it's, 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 they'll they'll take yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's a great organization. It is. So back to uh, the Hall of Fame. Okay, I I find I put your address in my GPS because I I can't get out of the parking lot without that. So I I put you and I get there. I park and I walk in the door. What's what's going to hit me? 
Oh, okay. So now we're talking about the Floyd Veterans Building. It's, yes, sir. I guess what you're talking about. Yeah. So when you walk in the Floyd Veterans Building, and again, I would encourage the citizens of our state to visit not only the Capitol, but walk across the street to the Floyd Veterans Building, whether you're a veteran or not. Because out in front of the Floyd Building, every Georgian that has been killed in action since the war of, excuse me, since the Spanish-American War, their names are out there in those plazas. Uh, it's a humbling experience. Uh, when you see the, the thousands of names, especially from World War II, uh, Vietnam, uh, Korea, World War I, uh, and the other uh, actions, uh, it's humbling just to see that. And, and uh, I will tell you, I have, of course, many friends that are on uh, the Vietnam uh, portion. So that's outside the, the Floyd Building. As you walk in the Floyd Building, if you take an immediate left, you'll see the 31 Georgians that have re- uh, recipients of the Medal of Honor. We don't ever say win the Medal of Honor. It's not a contest, but the recipient of the Medal of Honor. There's 30, 31 Georgias uh, veterans on that wall. If you continue to walk past them, you will walk into the Hall of Fame, and you'll see uh, those that have been inducted uh, into the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. It's actually located on two levels, on the plaza level and then the next uh, level up. So you'll see the 100 to date uh, Georgia veterans. David, you mentioned uh, the bylaws talking having putting in only 15 a year. Uh, by the way, the the, the uh, nomination is good for three years. So once you're in nominated, you're re-elected at for uh, three years if you're not selected right away. Any individual that is nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame upon request, so let me say this again, any individual that is nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame upon request can receive the, quote, certificate of honor. The way we do this, and actually I I give credit to my uh, son who... uh, uh, who's also uh, very active with this organization. He said, Dad, what do we do for the guys and ladies and women and uh, service members that uh, they don't ever get in the Hall of Fame, but they're nominated? And we may get 40, 50, 60 nominations a year, but we can only put in 15. He said, why don't we come up with a some way to honor them? And so he designed the Certificate of Honor. It's a beautiful certificate. David, the, the way we do this, and it's totally up to the family, and I've done this all over the state of Georgia. I've done it in churches. I've done it in birthday parties, 95-year-old birthday parties, family reunions. I've even done it at graveside uh, ceremonies, uh, eulogies, and so forth. And I, I'd come out in full-dress uniform, and, I, and I, every time I wear that uniform, I say this. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not wearing this uniform for me. I'm wearing this uniform as a visual sign of respect for this veteran that we're not, that we are honoring today. Uh, it's the best clothes I got, by the way, but it's it's a visual sign of respect. It's not any focus on me; it's a focus on that veteran. So I uh, I really enjoyed doing that. I've this past summer, I think I did four or five World War II veterans. Uh, one gentleman, his feet were frozen in the Battle of the Bulge, uh, left for dead. Uh, a tank crew came by, gave him a hot cup of coffee, revived him, and uh, he came back to the States, finished his degree, and became a very contributing citizen to our, to our country. Uh, he did not get in the Hall of Fame, but he was honored by the Certificate of Honor. Um, uh, I had a, a World War II a Navy a gentleman that, um, uh, again, he was just a young 18-year-old kid at the time of World War II in the Pacific Theater, I came back 
uh, you know, just became a good citizen, raised his family, never been recognized. He got the certificate of honor. We found a uh, another World War II gentleman that was a POW at age uh, 18 in Germany. And uh, he actually did get in the Hall of Fame, but no one had ever thanked him. So it's just heartwarming to reach out and, uh, and find these veterans. I'll tell you, David, most veterans, if you mention the Hall of Fame to them, they say, oh, just like you did a few minutes ago at our break, David, you said, oh, I didn't do anything enough to warrant that. Yeah, you did. The fact you raised your hand, the fact you raised your hand, you were basically quoting John fifteen thirteen in the New Testament. Greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for a friend. You're saying, I'm willing. When you raise your right hand and take that sacred oath, you're basically saying, I'm willing to lay down my life for my friends, people I don't even know, but people that love this country and people that love freedom in other countries. That's There's no other organization except the U.S. military that asks you to lay down your life, with the exception of maybe police officers. So everybody, uh, as far as I'm concerned, should be nominated, and uh, we can honor them in, in, in a manner. Rick, we're going to have to take another break. We'll be back with Rick White talking about the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And I, I'm i loving this, and uh, at the same token, uh, you know, it wouldn't take a hell of a lot more to uh, have some uh, drops coming out of my eyes. I think back over what you all are doing is, is super. We'll be back right after this. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on America's Web Radio, and I I love this program. And uh, Rick, I as as a sergeant, I never gave a uh, colonel an order, but I'm ordering you to come back, and we're going to do some PSAs, and uh, 
start promoting the the Veterans Hall of Fame. Sergeant, um, order accepted. <laughs> I, I, will, I will be here at your convenience. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, I just think this is something that uh, we have to know about. And, and, you know, what's happening with in our government and what's happening in a lot of places, uh, our history is so important. And if there's any, I think I even mentioned this at, the, at JC that night, uh, I, if there's, if you want to drive me nuts, just say rewrite history, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. that will send me into uh, yeah. whatever. Um, you just you can't re- rewrite history. History is history, and I want to get into that. I want to go ahead with the uh, uh, Hall of Fame, but at some point too, sort of circle back on the JC um, and uh, their Vietnam Wall mm-hmm. that they yeah. bring yeah. out, if you don't mind. In fact, yeah, we can talk about that right now. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, David, uh, the Johns Creek Veterans Association has been very active. And it, when we say Johns Creek, that doesn't mean you, you're a veteran and you don't live in Johns Creek. That has nothing to do with it. You can, the law, you're a veteran, you can belong to it. It doesn't matter where you're from. But, um, the wall that heals, the, the, the half-sized replica of the Vietnam Wall, uh, it, it's a traveling wall, and it visited uh, by coordination uh, back in April of 2017, came to Johns Creek. And we had, I think, 13,000, in a four-day period, 13,000 visitors to that wall. Uh, There's many heartwarming stories. There was one case of a... Um, and it was 24-7 open, wall, lights were on the wall and so forth. People were coming out there at 3 o'clock in the morning. I mean, it was just tremendous. Um, there was a lady, uh, probably in her uh, late 60s or 70s, with a young man in his 40s, I guess. And um, she was there, and they were both touching the wall, touching a name on the wall. And one of the, one of the Johns Creek Veterans Association Guides. We had gentlemen, uh, veterans out there just kind of helping people. And he was noticing them. And when they came away from the wall, he introduced himself. His name was Roger Wise. And Roger asked him, um, uh, introduced himself and just said, glad you were able to come here. And the, the young man that was with his, turned out to be his mother, told Roger, I just met my dad today hmm. or tonight. He said, what? And so the mother said this. She said, "When my husband went off to Vietnam, and I'm going to get, I'm going to get sweaty eyeballs telling the story, uh, David. But uh, it, here it goes." So the lady said, uh, "When my hub- husband went off to Vietnam back in the, the '60s, I was uh, three months pregnant, and he was soon, uh, he was killed in Vietnam, and he uh, never even knew he had a son. Never, uh, I think she knew he was pre- she was pregnant, but did not." Uh, did not live to hear about the birth of his son. And obviously the son never met the father until the wall came to Johns Creek. And they said, I met my dad today. And she said, I introduced my, my son to his dad today. And so it's when we call it the wall that heals, it's exactly that. It's a, it is a healing wall. Now, that wall travels around the nation um, and it's put up and it's taken down and put up and taken down, and it wears out after a while. So every four or five years, they put it up for auction. So right now there's about, we think, about four across the United States, and cities and organizations can bid on that wall. Well, uh, this wall, again, was up in 2017, and soon thereafter came up for bid, 
and the city of Johns Creek bid on it based on the recommendation of the Johns Creek Veterans Association, and we won the bid. Fantastic. That wall is in a warehouse as we speak in Johns Creek. It is being erected as we speak. The ground's being prepared, and it will be dedicated, I think it's the 16th of November this year, and it'll be permanently installed in the Veterans Memorial Walk there at uh, Newtown Park in Johns Creek. We anticipate uh, this will be literally thousands and thousands of people can come throughout the year to visit that wall and the Veterans Walk that has monuments for uh, World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan, Purple Heart, women in the military, uh, and so forth. It's a very inspirational walk to see, so I'd encourage people to come there, uh, even now or even before the wall goes up. But uh, you, you'll see it... Uh, I'm sure you'll give PSAs about it, and it'll be advertised across the state of Georgia. But it's it's a uh, it's a wonderful thing. By the way, uh, uh, the wall, the traveling wall, is going to be three through seven October in Blue Ridge, Georgia. So again, if you want to see the wall um, uh, at your local, and they travel all over the nation. So in Blue Ridge, three through seven October, it'll be in Blue Ridge, Georgia. No Blue Ridge well had I with my cabin on the lake was um, on the, uh, my view was on the uh, Chamber of Commerce brochure for many, many years. Is that right? and, uh, that's a beautiful country. Up yeah, there. Oh, it yeah. is. And, uh, it, got, it got a little crowded for me, and that's why I sold it. But I've, uh, I've been invited to speak at that opening ceremony, oh, and I'm very super. humbled to do that. Is it going to be in their square that they've got? I'm not familiar about the location, okay. but uh, but I'm working with the, with the folks that are putting that together. David, I mentioned earlier uh, let me let me say this, and I didn't say that I did not say this earlier. Let me say what the mission of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And quote: Mission statement of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame is this: The Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame exists only to honor Georgia veterans and to educate Georgia youth and our citizens about real heroes. And I underline the word "real heroes." That is one of the most misused words in our vocabulary is the word hero. The, in, the fact that an individual can knock a baseball out of a park, the fact that a person can sing a beautiful song, uh, the fact that a person can do a great performance at a play, is, that's God-given talent. That does not qualify under the heading of hero. Heroes are those men and women that at one time in their life they raised their right hand and they took that solemn, sacred oath to defend this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. When they take that oath, they're basically quoting two Bible verses. One I've already kind of mentioned, but I'll mention the other one now. The other one is Isaiah 6.8. Isaiah 6.8 asks two questions and is immediately followed by an answer. Here's the two questions. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? The answer is, here am I, send me. When an individual raises their right hand, they're saying basically, here am I, send me, I'm ready to defend our country. And if need be, they're quoting John fifteen thirteen, because if greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for a friend. I talk, I say that oath, anybody taking the oath of enlistment or, or commissioning for a United States military is basically quoting two Bible verses. Selfless service. And stoic sacrifice is what a veteran's all about. Sir, I've got to ask um, the two things, and I think 
I wouldn't swear to it, but I think they both came out of Vietnam. I got your six, mm-hmm. or I got your back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did both of those come out of Vietnam? As far as I know, yeah. There were a lot of great terms that came out of, uh, of Vietnam, and I think uh, I would agree with you that did. It, maybe it was in other wars, too, but for sure. Uh, and it probably, I got your six, probably was more of a an Air Force or Naval Aviation term, you know, because they were, uh, uh, you know, because you can't see behind a plane. So uh, I would probably give credit to uh, our great aviators uh, that uh, brought that up, but then it permeated across the, uh, you know, across the military. I uh, I don't know, and I hope that you never had to call in a dust off. But those guys, what? Okay, you're a lot smarter than I am, and and all officers will admit to being a lot smarter than grunts. But being a lot smarter than what's the word past hero? Because that's what a dust off pilot is, in my opinion. Uh, there's there's got to be a uh, is it a hero squared or what 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 would you say to a, a those pilots were incredible. I uh, I actually did uh, I served two tours in Vietnam on the ground as an infantry uh, young lieutenant and captain, and uh, you know we we had some uh, interesting times in combat and uh, and I, I and I saw some very heroic dust off pilots i mean stories that would take me a while to tell you in fact we have several dust off pilots in the hall of fame oh i know these guys are <laughs> not in the hall of fame but you have a, a one or two in the jc's right yeah we do and they're just i mean you talk about selflessness my goodness i saw these guys come in on a hail of fire because there were dead or dying americans laying out there that they had to get out and they would come in and just I mean, taking wounds themselves, taking uh, uh, dust off uh, helicopters, getting riddled with machine gun fire, and uh, I mean, just really selfless, heroic. Now they wouldn't call themselves heroes, by the way, but they said, "Hey, my buddy's underground, a guy I don't know. It doesn't matter, but he's my, he's an American. He's a and Vietnamese and Vietnamese civilians and so forth. I mean, it, it didn't matter. I saw him, I saw him uh, get people out, the baby Vietnamese babies." That were not injured, but they needed to get them out. And uh, th- these are these guys are just uh, unbelievable. And uh, we're we're fortunate to have uh, uh, those kind of people in our military. And not only I, I want to throw out one too. Uh, besides the pilots, uh, there were, but the medics that served with them oh, yeah. in the back of the plane, they were they were taking fire just like the pilots were, and just like and can you. Can, Besides knowing the sound of an AK-47, the sound of an M-16, what's the third major sound that you would think of in Vietnam? Medic! (laughs) And And if you're in the Marine Corps, Corbin! Yeah, uh, those medics, again, Yeah, and that sound of that Huey coming in. uh, (laughs) The first man that uh, in my unit that was killed was my medic. Hmm. And uh, that happened on the 27th day of February 1968. And... uh, he, he and I were with arms length of each other, and we were going into a bad situation, and he was, he was dead before he hit the ground. And, and my, his replacement that came in, uh, we're still good friends, quite, quite good friends. So I, I got those guys are brave. Uh, they would just go through hell of fire to get to a wounded soldier, a wounded buddy, and uh, just total sacrifice for themselves. 
And, you know, I want to point out, and I'm, I'm sure you I'm know it better than I do, but uh, some of those medics had taken the route of conscientious objectors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not because they didn't have a set. It was just that they didn't want to carry a weapon. Yeah. And, yeah but uh, I tell you what, as far as I'm concerned, they're braver than I was. I mean, here they're out there. Uh, with no way to defend themselves, and I've seen them lay on their bodies on a, on over a wounded soldier, so that they would get hit and not him. I mean, it didn't matter if they carried a weapon or not. They just were; those are heroes in my words. And so, yeah, uh, I got kind of all kinds of respect for medics, medevac pilots, and so forth. Uh, everybody contributes. If, if you're in the game, yeah, you get the ball at some point or the other, don't you? David, let me give you a little quick story. Before I do that, let me tell you about, I talked about the, what is a Georgia veteran. You either are born in the state, lived in the state 10 years, or you raised your right hand, took the sacred oath in this state. Uh, there's three categories that you can be nominated, valor, achievement, and service. Valor, an individual did something heroic in combat against an enemy of the United States where he or she received a valor award. That would be uh, Bronze Star for Valor, Silver Star, Distinguished Service Cross, Navy Cross, Air Force Cross. Uh, Medal of Honor is a separate category, but a Valor Award. Achievement, someone's done something notable while on active duty, uh, while in service. And service, you've done something good or notable for mankind after active duty. Uh, I'll give you a a couple of examples. The first one comes to mind is uh, Donna Rowe. Donna Rowe lives in Marietta, Georgia, and Donna Rowe was a U.S. Army nurse in Vietnam. And she saved many uh, servicemen's life, uh, uh, the men that were wounded there. But what she was noted for was saving the lives of Vietnamese babies, one of which she saved the life of, uh, brought it back to, to health and life. And this little Vietnamese baby was adopted by a Navy captain and brought back to the United States. And years later, I mean decades later, Donna Rowe and this Vietnamese now woman, total successful American, Vietnamese background, but American, uh, they got to meet. And I think the the lady, the Vietnamese uh, lady was now in her 30s and Donna, and it was very emotional. In fact, there's even been a movie about that. Uh, So that, that was a that was service. Donna Rowe received, it's in the Hall of Fame for under service, you know. Um, under achievement, we have a gentleman that many people know around the Atlanta area, Mel Pender. Mel Pender was a soldier, a captain in Vietnam, and in between Vietnam tours, went to the Mexico Olympics and won the gold medal. At the time, in 1968, he was one of the fastest humans on the planet. And Mel Pender is a good friend of mine. Has nothing to do. I didn't get him in the Hall of Fame. He was nominated under his own rights, but that was achievement. He did a great thing. I mean, uh, you know, the gold medal in the Mexico Olympics in 1968, and uh, between Vietnam tours, um, we have a, a young Marine uh, received uh, under the Valor category. His name is Jeffrey uh, Cole from Woodstock, Georgia, United States Marine Corps, and he received the Silver Star in Afghanistan where the machine, they were under attack, and the machine gunner got hit. I don't know if he was killed or wounded, but he was anyway hit. And Jeffrey took over the machine gun and saved the 
uh, squad that he was with from being annihilated and overrun, and Jeffrey was wounded also. And, by the way, Jeffrey is our youngest inductee into the Hall of Fame and always kid him. I said, you're the best-looking one. He's in that great-looking Marine Corps uniform <laughs> down in the Hall of Fame, and uh, so he's a, he's a great American. We have... Um, and these are just spatterings. I'm just giving you some examples. Uh, Lee Ellis uh, lives in Dawsonville, Georgia. Lee Ellis was a young Air Force captain in Vietnam, shot down, and was a POW for five and a half years. We have several uh, uh, Vietnam POWs in the Hall of Fame. But Lee Ellis, a great American, uh, he would be good to have on your show here. He does motivational talks around the state of Georgia and all over the nation. Uh, Colonel, retired U.S. Air Force, Lee Ellis. Um, here's a gentleman that's deceased, but it's a wonderful story. Robert Gibbs from Decatur, Georgia, was um, he graduated from Georgia Tech and he went in the Navy. It's World War II and became the youngest submarine commander in the U.S. Navy in World War II. At the end of the World War II, he was given the uh, order to decommission all the Japanese submarines, uh, you know, after the war's over in Japan. And he did that. And so now he comes back to Atlanta and he goes to Emory uh, Medical School, becomes an, a medical doctor. Robert Gibbs. He, he becomes a very uh, well known, famous doctor here in the Atlanta area. And then he retired after years, elderly gentleman at the point. And. Um, you know, he said, you know, I've got all this knowledge, time, uh, experience as a doctor, and i got all this time on my hand. And so he started going all over the state of Georgia, doing home visits, no, charging no one anything, delivering babies in people's homes, uh, doing house calls, taking no money. I, I mean, what a heartwarming thing. So he, not only was he a uh, distinguished career in World War II in the Navy, his service to mankind afterwards is heartwarming. I mean, out of his own pocket and time, he said, I got enough money, I don't need that. And he went all over the state uh, going to visit people that could not afford medical help or could not get the medical help, and he went to their homes. Robert Gibbs. I mean, these stories go on and on and on. So if you're ever down at the Hall of Fame, you can read these citations. There's a 100 so far, just by coincidence. We didn't design it that way. And this year... After uh, November uh, the 2nd, the induction ceremony, there'll be 115, because we'll put in 15 this year. So it's just a, a heartwarming experience, and, it, and I'm very humbled to be a part of this and be able to tell the story across Georgia. You know, Rick, like you said, uh, <laughs> sort of like the movie To Hell and Back with Audie Murphy. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, he wound up being a star, obviously, but in reality, the humility of the folks like you've just spoken of, uh, there's not a one of them that raises his hand and says, look at me. Oh, no. Uh, they're just, there's something that, there's something in their DNA that we need to figure out what it is and give everybody a shot of it. David, as I go around the state, I, I normally, uh, there's two things I always do. One, I quote those two Bible verses about the sacredness of that oath that we take, and both of them, to, as far as I'm concerned, refer to those two Bible verses, Isaiah 6, 8, and John 15, 13. And the second thing I always try to do is talk about, as you just said, David, the humility of a service member. 
and I call it a stoic sacrifice. You know, they it's just stoic. Here's the story. I was asked in January 2015 to do a eulogy for a friend of mine who is also a Vietnam veteran. And when I say friend, I mean, we went back to grew up together in Norcross, Georgia, and played football together on Norcross uh, football team. He was a couple of years older than me. And he died in January of 2015 of causes from Agent Orange and other complications, and he still had shrapnel in his body from way back in the day in 1968. The gentleman's name is David Werner, and he grew up right on the Chattahoochee River where Holcomb Bridge crosses the Chattahoochee River from Fulton County into, into Gwinnett County in a little white house. And his brother, uh, who was a Navy veteran, asked me to say a few words at his funeral, and I did, and I was honored to do it. And so I didn't know much about David's, what he did in Vietnam, and, and nobody did. But his brother, Bill Werner, said, hey, Rick, I've got, I got his Bronze Star for Valor citation. So I said, got it. And I was blown away. I mean, it should have been a Silver Star. It should have been a great award. Now, here's the point. David Werner was probably one of the quietest men you would ever meet. I mean, we used to kid him and said he, he, he said three words a year. I mean, he was just he just didn't talk. Humble as he could be. And if you would ask David Werner, here's what I said at his eulogy. If you ask David Werner, David, weren't you in the Army? He said, yeah. Yeah, I was in the Army. Well, what would you do, David? Oh, I was just a generator mechanic. And that would be the end of that. Well, David, uh, didn't you go to Vietnam? Yeah, I, went to, I was in Vietnam. Well, David, what did you do in Vietnam? Oh, I was just a generator mechanic. That's it. You just heard his whole military career, according to him. And then I told the people in the audience at that funeral, and there were high school friends there. There were his grandchildren, his children. No one had ever heard what I was getting ready to tell them. And I told them, I said, you know, about that's how he would describe his military service and his time in Vietnam. And he was, quote, just a generator mechanic. I said, ladies and gentlemen, let me, and children and grandchildren, let me tell you about your grandfather, your father, and your friend, David Werner, this just generator mechanic. And I started reading this Bronze Star for Valor. February 1968, the middle of the Tet Offensive, the fire base that David was on was being overrun, not only by North Vietnamese soldiers, but by, by their artillery and mortars. And this just generator mechanic had to make sure the generators kept running. Why was that important? Because without generators, they didn't have radio communications. And without radio communications, they could not get out their dead and their wounded. They could not call in artillery against the enemy. They could not get reinforcements. They could not get water, food, and ammunition without those radios. And without the radios, they couldn't have that. And without the generators, they couldn't have the radios. And David Werner was out there throughout this battle, a long battle, with his head down next to that generator, keeping it running. And he couldn't hear the mortars coming in and the artillery coming in because his head was down by that generator. And so he was peppered with shrapnel as as they're being uh, attacked. And in the citation, it talks about this, this firebase would have been overrun, save for the fact of David Werner doing his job. His a just a generator mechanic. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, in Washington, D.C., there's a wall. And on that wall, there's 58,315 names. Without David Werner, this just generator mechanic, there would be more than 58,315. 
Don't ever let a veteran tell you, oh, I was just a fill-in-the-blank. Every job that a veteran does is important. Every veteran is, has taken that oath to, to defend his country. And as you well know, uh, there isn't such, quote-unquote, as just a generator mechanic. The first thing you learn in the Army is everybody's an infantryman. That's right. Everybody's taking up that weapon to defend. That's right. So, Rick, this has been more than fantastic. And uh, we got a couple of minutes, uh, about a couple of minutes to go. But, uh, one, you have accepted my order to come back. Which yes, sir. i got to write this down. Yes, sir. <laughs> but um, we're going to do more than just have you back. Uh, we're going to, well, we'll talk after the show. Um, if you got one minute, I can. Yes, sir. Uh, I would encourage the listening audience, uh, whether you know anybody or not that's going to be inducted, the induction ceremony is always on the second, excuse me, is always on the first Saturday in November in Columbus, Georgia. It's at the, it's always at the St. Luke's Ministry Center. It can seat and feed over 500 people. Uh, if you can do that, it starts at 6 o'clock. Uh, make sure you bring two handkerchiefs at least. It is an emotional event. Uh, there's no guest speakers. It's all about the citations for the inductees. Uh, it is a everybody that's ever attended one. They'll always tell me I will never forget this the rest of my life. It's just a humbling experience to see and hear about these people that have uh, made our freedom what it is today free. So important and. Uh What's the old saying? Uh, history repeats itself, and you are history. And what you're doing at the at the Hall of Fame is is wonderful history, beautiful history. I will be down to see you. Um, we're going to uh, well, Rick and I are going to talk after the show, and we're going to see if we can't do more for the for the uh, Hall of Fame than than just one show in fact we uh, we're going to talk real serious about this and just get you know as i mentioned that uh when i went to one night to uh the jc uh john's creek uh, veterans association um the one thing you can be assured of is that everybody sitting around you has at least one, if not a hundred stories, mm-hmm. and those stories are wonderful, mm-hmm. absolutely. And they're and they're not me stories, just like we were talking. They're yeah. not me stories. I knew this guy named Rick White that did this or did that, mm-hmm. and I knew this lady that if it wasn't for her, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, it's always beautiful. So with that being said, we're going to end this Dave's pick, and uh, we'll have more coming your way right after a couple of announcements and uh, we appreciate you listening rick white thank you sir for coming out and uh, we're going to do more and we're going to get we're going to get them the, the uh, hall of fame known nationally thank you sir we'll be back right after this you're listening to america's web radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com thank you for listening